climate change isn't just an environmental issue it is a technology water food energy population issue none of this happens in a vacuum welcome back listeners to the new episode of talking climate change with yashnegi this is episode number 42 in this episode i will talk about the summary of the book on how to avoid a climate disaster by bill gates so i just finished reading that book a couple of days back so i decided that i will tell you about the main key points of that book and you know it is one of the best book i have ever read on climate change so without further ado let's begin in this book bill gates sets out a wide ranging practical and accessible plan for how the world can get to zero greenhouse gas emission in time to avoid a climate catastrophe bill gates has spent a decade investigating the causes and the effects of climate change with the help of experts in the fields of physics chemistry biology engineering political science and finance he has focused on what must be done in order to stop the planet's slide to certain environmental disaster in this book he not only explains why we need to work towards net zero emission of greenhouse gases but also details what we need to do to achieve this profoundly important goal he gives us a clear eye description of the challenges we face drawing on his understanding of innovation and what it takes to get new ideas into the market he describes the areas in which technology is already helping to reduce emissions where and how the current technology can be made to function more effectively where breakthrough technologies are needed and who is working on these essential innovations so let us now start with our episode of today's podcast which is you know and you already read the title that is bill gates on how to avoid a climate disaster so let's do the number first gates correctly understand the basic challenge which is to get to zero as soon as we can humans need to stop adding greenhouse gases to the atmosphere which is as usual a sentence as the english language admits and he understands that the key to doing this is to electrify as much human activity as possible from powering our computers to turning the wheels of our cars and buses to producing steel but when it comes to generating that electricity he worries that solar panels aren't becoming more efficient fast enough unlike computer chips for instance there is no moore's law that doubles their usefulness every 2 years bill gates sets out a spreadsheet for getting rid of those 51 billion tons of greenhouse gases and achieving net carbon zero emissions by 2050 we would need to use more renewables and fewer fossil fuel which would amount for roughly 27% of the reduction needed in emissions and change how we manufacture our goods 31% grow our food 18% travel 16% and keep our buildings warm or cool 6% to achieve this bill gates provides a set of measures that could if the uk government is listening be transposed point by point into the former agenda for the this year's 26th united nations climate change conference cop 26 in glasgow he favors a green new deal carbon pricing and heightened corporate responsibility but bill gates most important proposals involve new technology 
just as his school health initiatives specialized in scientific solutions to combat disease show me a problem and i'd look for a technology to fix it he writes his principal interest is in a technological breakthrough the environmental equivalent of the manhattan project or the moon landing while bill gates is right about the scale and urgency of the problem global emissions are now 65% higher than they were in the 1990 and the term global warming with its cozy overtones and accompanying stories of winterners making english and even scottish champagne does not adequately explain the intensity of storms hurricanes floods and severe droughts that are putting our planet on course to reach temperatures not seen in millions of year nor as this book shows does it satisfactorily reflect the biggest market failure in history and the most difficult global collective action problem the world has ever had to face recognizing that we cannot continue to deny electricity to 800 million of the world's poorest people his starting point is a plan to develop clean energy and cut its cost the price of solar panel has astonishingly dropped in the last decade for outpacing even the most optimistic forecast the price drop is 50 to 100 years ahead of what the iea international energy agency was forecasting in 2010 mostly because we are getting better at building and installing solar panels Every time we double the number of panels installed the price drops another 30 to 40% and there is plenty of runway left these staggering numbers are why bill gates current day snapshots of the green premiums you need to pay for clean energy don't mean as much as he thinks they do especially since storage batteries are now dropping in price on a similar curve it is clear that the imperative is to install as much solar and wind power which is on the same price trajectory as fast as humanly possible since if we do not make huge progress in the next 10 years scientists have made clear we can kiss the targets we set in paris goodbye one wish gates had talked for instance with stanford's mark jacobson whose team has calculated how almost every country on earth could go to 80% renewable energy by 2030 if he had he might have understood more clearly that the things that really interest him advanced nuclear power for instance where he describes his considerable investments are more about mopping up he is absolutely right that we should be investing in research across a wide list of technologies because we may need them down the line to help scrub the last increments of fossil fuel from the system but the key work will be done or not over the next decade and it will be done by sun and wind as london's carbon tracker initiative explained last year building new sun and wind power facilities is already or soon will be cheaper even than operating existing coal fired power most people bill gates included have not caught on yet to just how fast 
this engineering miracle is happening. So why aren't we moving much faster than we are? That is because of politics. And this is where Bill Gates really wears blinders. I think more like an engineer than a political scientist, he says. Proudly, but that means he can write an entire book about the climate disaster without discussing the role that the fossil fuel industry played and continues to play in preventing action. We now know from great investigative reporting that the oil companies knew everything about climate change back in the 1980s and that they systematically built an edifice of disinformation and denial to keep us in the dark. That is why we have wasted almost three decades of scientific warming. I don't have a solution to the politics of climate change, Bill Gates writes. But in fact he does. He founded and his foundation is a shareholder in a company that has donated money to exactly the politicians who are in the pocket of big oil. A Bloomberg analysis last fall found that Microsoft had given only a third of its contributions to climate-friendly politicians. Emily Atkin, in the December issue of her climate newsletter, Heated, pointed out that Microsoft had joined 42 other corporations in a letter to President-elect Biden then, calling him to enact ambitious climate policies and then donated to David Perdue for his Georgia Senate runoff. Other signatories, you know, to the letter also gave to Kelly Loafer. Had they won and the GOP retained control of the Senate, the chances for those ambitious climate policies would have nil. Bill Gates mentions in passing at one point that he chose to divest his fortune from fossil fuel companies, but only because I don't want to profit if their stock prices go up because we don't develop zero carbon alternatives. He scoffed at the idea that activists who otherwise come mostly thought that divesting alone would transforming the world's energy system. But of course, those activists, myself included, thought so much such thing. They understood that weakening the fossil fuel industry was simply one key part of the job of rapid decarbonization, just like multidimensionally, which Gates is so far not on his belief that the world has to reduce emissions of greenhouse gases from 51 billion tons a year to zero. Sadly, as long as you're emitting CO2, you're causing the temperature to go up. And so all the dire effects of coral leaves dying off, it becoming, you know, and basically impossible to work outdoors in the tropical region. These things are simply proportional to how many of those emissions you make. And so it gets hotter and hotter until you actually get down to the ultimate goal, which is a zero emission. And that is why you have to know all the different sources of emission and look at why it is so expensive right now to make those products in a way that does not involve, involve emissions. What we need right now is a silver bullet or a magic bullet. And what do I mean by magic bullet is... We need innovation across multiple sectors of innovation. Planting trees isn't enough to combat climate change. What we need is innovation across different sectors of emissions. And the fact that developed countries have contributed the most to this problem 
and the argument that countries wanting to improve their standard of living should make different choices. The key thing is that if we take India as a good example of a developing country whose historical emissions have been very low, but if they keep doing the things the same way we have done them, their emissions will be very high. And so only through innovations that bring that down by about 95%, then it is reasonable you could say, okay, not only did the US reduce its own emission, but the US used its the power of government R&D and private market risk taking to create these products that will allow you to keep building basic shelter and providing lights at night and air conditioning at a very basic level without the massive emission that will result if they don't change. On his being excited about nuclear energy and people's fear about it. Even though nuclear, you know, per unit of energy has caused far, far less deaths than coal or natural gas, any design that has high pressure or requires operators to do something as opposed to just using physics to show that radioactive material cannot escape. It's always going to cause concerns. And so this is an area where we should keep it alive as an option. If we can create that green grid that will have to be three times as large because it is taking over from gasoline to power cars and natural gas to heat homes. If we could do that without something that isn't weather dependent and still keep the reliability, that would be great. But as we saw in Texas, we have these weather events that are fairly extreme and yet people expect their electricity to stay on. Well, I don't think the understanding of climate change is nearly as deep as it needs to be. And you know, unless this becomes a gigantic cause and we see signs that is the case, the interest level usually when we have something like a pandemic, the interest in long-term problems often goes away. And we saw that during the financial crisis. During this crisis, actually interest in climate, particularly in young people, went up quite substantially. Now part of that is they are seeing the sea level rise and the wildfires and the inability to do typical farming in the southern parts of the country. And you know, so the early effects are upon us. But the pandemic shows that you can't wait until the disaster hits to be ready. And so the part about engaging an entire generation, I think there is incredibly creative people out there who are going to help drive that. And so my contribution was to say, okay, here's a plan. If we are going to use every year of the next 30 years and make this a priority, then you know, here's the metrics and here's the outline of how you accelerate about that. Well, everybody needs to learn more. And they need to share those learnings, hopefully, with people from both parties. So your political voice is very important. Your purchasing voice and an electric car, artificial meat, look at the products you buy in terms of emissions they are involved with. And then making sure that the company you work for is leading the way, buying green products with their purchasing power and taking, you know, their skill set and contributing. So you have got to use all those ways of influencing the world and drive both understanding and commitment to this thing to a level even beyond where we are right now. New corporate laws should be agreed to be applied worldwide. 
that ensure global companies disclose their carbon footprints, adopt impact-weighted accounting that would reveal the full environmental cost of their operations, and break with business as usual by publishing transition plans to a zero-net carbon economy. We should also advance the cause of carbon pricing by agreements to eliminate fossil fuel subsidies and by taking up President Biden's plan for border adjustment mechanisms that for the first time tax carbon-intensive imports and exports. We could agree a big boost to nature-based solutions from afforestation to the better land use now championed by the World Resource Institute. In doing so, we could finally make a reality of the promised 100 billion green climate fund that was planned 10 years ago to collect and allocate payments for climate mitigation and adaptation in the developing world. Let us now talk about the five biggest point key takeaway number one. Poor countries will be hit the hardest. Natural disasters are becoming more intense due to climate change displacing millions of people from their homes and posing a threat to livelihoods around the world, as farmland is damaged by historical floods, droughts and heat waves. A sobering fact is that the world's poorest nation, which lacks sufficient resources to adapt to climate change, will be the most affected, despite having contributed to least to global warming. The climate is changing in ways that will be problematic, for relatively well-off farmers in America and Europe, but potentially deadly for the low-income ones in Africa and Asia, Bill Gates writes in his book. This is not simply a problem for the future, and Gates provides plenty of examples of poorer nations already experiencing the consequences of a changing climate today. Bangladesh, for one, is already plugged by rising sea levels that have forced over 30% of the country underwater during flooding, killing crops and people. Despite being hit the hardest by climate change, low-income nations are not responsible for causing a majority of the world's greenhouse gas emission and cannot be further held back by being forced to adopt the same policies as wealthier nations, says Bill Gates. Second, innovation and massive investment will help us develop clean technology. One of the reasons why taking action on climate change is such a difficult sell is because it is a huge undertaking and will require innovation to develop what we need to get to net zero emissions. Rich countries may shy away from the massive amount of capital that must be invested before the world sees any payoffs, but Bill Gates sees this as an economic opportunity. Key takeaway number three, governments must implement policies to encourage green living. Private companies cannot be the only one doing the work to achieve net-zero greenhouse gas emission. Government needs to change and implement policies to encourage innovation and clean technology. Bill Gates points to deforestation as one example of where policy can combat climate change. He writes and I quote, People cut down trees not because people are evil. They do it when the incentives to cut down trees are stronger than the incentives to leave them alone. So we need political and economic solutions, including paying countries to maintain their forests, enforcing rules designed to protect certain areas, and making sure rural communities have different economic opportunities so they don't have to extract natural resources just to survive. 
key take point number four we need to get comfortable with change so one of the biggest points made in how to avoid a climate disaster is that fossil fuels are everywhere as are processes that result in copious amounts of greenhouse gas emission to truly combat climate change everyone in the world will need to change their mindsets and behavior technology can offset food waste such as a smart bin that can report on an individual's carbon footprint based on the food they threw away eating less meat can also have a big impact on reducing greenhouse gas emission as more people pursue vegetarian diets and plant based meats changing our habits from examining how we travel for vacation to reducing food waste will have a huge impact on whether we meet our climate goals last but not the least key takeaway number 5 we need to talk to everyone we know bill gates emphasizes that the world must make climate action a priority today otherwise the effects we are already experience will get worse the earth is warming it is warming because of human activity and the impact is bad and will get much worse we have every reason to believe that at some point the impact will be catastrophic will that point come in 30 years or 50 years we don't know precisely but given how hard the problem will be to solve even if the worst case is 50 years away we need to act now i sincerely believe that if we didn't act now the consequences will be severe not for one particular country but for the entire planet so in order to make a significant progress though people have to talk about the threat of climate change with their friends and families members too when enough people learn about the effects of climate change and the steps we can tackle to combat it change will be inevitable bill gates helps readers understand the challenge of deploying climate solutions through the idea of green premiums using the premiums he compares the price of carbon emitting technologies such as gasoline cement or coal with their carbon neutral replacements the idea is that the world needs to shrink the green premiums in order for people companies and governments to purchase the clean alternatives it all adds up to a massively daunting and critically important undertaking he says and i quote there are days where it feels like focusing on something that requires global cooperation changing the regulations of industries that are very critical but most people just take for granted things like electricity reliability or steel or cement manufacturing it can appear quite daunting so unless it's a priority and in the us that means a priority for both the political parties then you can be very worried that we are not going to achieve it yet bill gates offered some words of hope in his book's final chapter he says and i quote i am optimistic that we will make real progress on climate change because the world is more committed to solving this problem than it has ever been before even though the pandemic has wrecked the global economy support for action on climate change is just as high as it was in 2019 our emission it seems are no longer a problem that are that we are willing to kick down the road the economic consequences could be similar as well in the next decade or two the economic damage caused by climate change will likely be as bad as having a covid sized pandemic every 10 years and by the end of the 21st century 
it will be much worse if the world remains on its current emission path. Gates hopes his book charts a far more optimistic path. So this brings us to the end of this episode of the podcast. I hope you find it helpful and knowledgeable. So guys, please leave feedback on whatever audio device you are listening to. It really means a lot to me that you give your valuable time to listen to my podcast. And thank you very much once again. And I will catch you guys up in the next episode of Talking Climate Change with Yash Negi. Thank you everyone.